0: Good morning and welcome to the manual. I hope all is well. I want to thank everyone for their participation. If you were a guest uh, on the podcast and also if you're a listener, Uh, you guys have allowed me to work with you for about four months now. And I not only have achieved eight different platforms, but now we are on Apple podcast. So thank you from the bottom of my heart that um, I can see this kind of go forward. I never imagined that I would be doing this. Um, I do enjoy speaking, but um, thank you, thank you so much for your support and uh, questions, and you know, I, I, like I said, involvement in making this a success. It's not on me; it's on everyone that kind of comes together to make make this happen. Today, I want to talk about personal training. Um, if you are inspiring to, if you're in, currently in school for it, or if you are working as a personal trainer and brand new to the field. Um, I'm going to share some success, some pitfalls, some obstacles, uh, education and, and CEUs that you should be looking out for, and also kind of how the business is run. Uh, and again, I'm speaking from my perspective, not from any any particular vantage point, but how I am navigating this field because I came into this field uh, a little late versus my counterparts. Um, a lot of my contemporaries and counterparts are Uh, people that have went to school for this over four years, maybe even, uh, to the master's level, I went to certification route, which is a little bit different because it's a fast track on what we're doing, but you have the same interactions with, with the general public and the public that you serve. Basically. Um, I have a kind of like a little saying that I use when it comes to testing, um, when it comes to certifications or any kind of, uh, standardized test, um, if it's something that you're going into as a career choice, okay, you're, this is like um, when we were kids, when we were told, you know, in math class for trigonometry or geometry or whatever, when am I going to use this again in life? Most of that stuff you never really come into contact with again, but you do kind of have to go through the problem solving uh, mechanisms and how to deal with with certain things. So test taking is a very big part of being a personal trainer because uh, you always have to take tests you always have to kind of uh, extend the education further the education uh, enhance the experience manage the expectation of your client and for yourself because you will be you know you'll be working with a lot of people that are entrusting you to guide them through a journey that may be very personal to them if they're dealing with weight loss and they've dealt with this for their entire lives. And have had relatively little bit of success or they have plateaued or they are on a roller coaster that goes up and down every year for them. So the test doesn't, you know, it's a standardized test. It's kind of measuring your competency. But in making money, if you receive the 95 on this test or the minimum passing grade, you're not going to get paid any more extra money for doing what you do. It's, the, it's what happens after you pass the test. It's what you still go and, and research. It's what you still go back and read. Once you've passed the test or you've received that degree, it doesn't stop there. It doesn't say, okay, I'm certified now. I know everything. No, you have to go back, refresh yourself. I kept all my textbooks because I refer to them as a reference every so often. And I'm always reading articles and things of that nature. So you have to always be on your A-game. OK, your clients will be testing your knowledge, some of them who are who are very knowledgeable. Now that we have the Internet being a, a very uh, good resource tool, anything that you say to this person, uh, they can call you on it. They can call your bullshit or they can, you know, reinforce this. OK, this is what they were talking about. And they, they can kind of delve in. Some people would just entrust you blindly to do whatever you need to do for them. And and that's fine. But if you are someone who um, is playing an active role in your own success, I suggest that you, you know, you talk to your trainer, whether he or she, um, you know, can advise you. Uh, professionally or on a friend level Or you know most times these, these relationships turn into a friendship That you can use them as a resource But you can also fact check them as well Because again we You know we rely on science But science is something that's always changing it's, it's, it's evolving at every turn Because new things are debunked uh, Old things are reinforced Things come back Things go away completely It is a very um, It's a cavalcade of things that happen in, in this realm So personal training You have to look at it as a business. Uh, Whether you work for a big box gym, and what a big box gym is, is is all the, the goals, the LA fitness. Uh, any standardized, any, any, any corporate structured gym. Uh, there are also boutique gyms that are like your local mom and pop places where you see like a little studio somewhere in a strip mall. And, uh, you know, they're either doing a lot of volume and numbers or they're struggling because there's just not a, a household name, so to speak. So those things can work for and against. So I'm going to kind of delve into because um, I've I worked with a uh, small boutique gym for a few months. And it was uh, had some relative, relative success, but the ownership and I uh, differed on how we should service our clients. So um, first things first, when you uh, seek out getting a certification or a degree, I'll go the certification route for those who are um, looking to do that right now and don't have the time to do four years of college over again. So certifications—they're not all—they're not all created equal, as we know. Just like everything in life, so your Harvard education is different from your local and um, state, regional colleges, from your community colleges. It's a very different scale of education. Not saying it's worse off or better. It's just a different education experience. Okay. So I personally sought out uh, NASM, which is the National Academy of Sports Medicine. So shout out to NASM. I, I love their. The structure, I love their OPT model, which I'll explain further in a little bit, um, because they kind of give you a a guide to how to train any particular client from a, you know, a young athlete up to someone who is advanced in age and who's looking to just kind of stay active. You kind of have the entire process laid out for you. Uh, It is going to take a little bit of imagination to kind of switch things out, plug and play. But for the most part, it, it gives you a guide on how to train any particular client through this OPT model. Okay. So I sold out NASM. Now NASM is a, one of the certifications it's, it's nationally recognized. So when, wherever you go um, and you have the sort of certif- the, their certifications, whether it's just the CPT or any other certification that they hold, that they hold, You will be recognized with that because NASM has a curriculum similar to how the colleges do their curriculums and how a semester kind of rolls out. So a lot of information, a lot of anatomy, a lot of learning about, you know, um, the nuances and learning about the um, vocabulary that's needed in personal training. Now, when you talk to a client, you're not necessarily going to engage in uh, vernacular, you know, that you would talk to another trainer. Uh, you want to keep thinking on layman's terms unless this person is actually versed in what you know you're speaking you guys can speak that language and make them understand but using for layman's terms using common um, common knowledge and and commonalities is kind of key because if I want you to run a hundred yards, in your mind, you should process that's about the length of a football field, an American football field. You know what I'm saying? If I say 50 yards, you know that that's half the, half the width. If I'm talking about meters, then, you know, we're doing metric system stuff and we have to control that. So, you know, you have to kind of learn a new language, so to speak, because NASM's curriculum... Uh, although it's it's very easy to follow in some cases, it does talk a lot in scientific terms and it does talk a lot in terms that you would, you know, not want to engage with your client because you would lose them completely unless you're trying to explain something uh, in a medical in a medical way. Now, the number one thing about being a trainer is that you are not in the in, in the charge of diagnosing, treating or, um, you know helping someone beyond your professional scope. Okay. So you have to understand that you're not a doctor. You're not a, um, a scientist, so to speak and things of that nature. So what you're doing is recommendations. If you spot something in a movement pattern of dysfunction that you cannot correct, then you, you know, get out of your ego and says, Hey, you know, go see a doctor about this because this is something that I'm noticing that we can't correct. Okay. Um, some people's pride you know, or they have white coat syndrome where they, they're afraid to go to the doctor. It's, it's what it is. It's what it is. If you, you know, you're not there to diagnose anything. If someone sprains their ankle and they have a grade one or grade two sprain, obviously we know to ice it or heat it or whatever you want to do to it. But then in treating the recovery of it, we have the tools available to us to help someone uh, work through uh, that, or if they're recovering from knee surgery or back surgery. But again, we're not there to diagnose that problem you know, we're we're there to assist them getting back to their normal lifestyle pattern. Okay. So understand that you're, if you have an ego and you want to play doctor, then go get a, a, uh, don't get a certification, go get a degree and get a medical degree behind that, because that is the number one thing that will get you in a lot of stuff, um, in a bad way in that regard, because someone's going to say, well, you told me to, or you made me you know, so you have to always talk in that in that regard. I don't hold any nutrition certifications for a reason. and I'll explain that why in a few minutes, but I'm able to get recommendations because that is common knowledge. That's things that are been taught to us since we were children, things that are relatively accessible on the Internet that you can discuss with a client. So talking about, you know, those modifications uh, is, is easy. But again, I'm not going to put you on a caloric deficit. or or expenditure because I feel like, oh, this will help you. I don't know how you're going to react to certain things. So it's out of my scope of work. So again, if you're not versed in something, just like in in life, you're not versed in something, you don't engage uh, necessarily in those actions. Okay. Um, So NASM, uh, for me personally, I hold their CPT, which is a certified personal trainer um, certification. Um, it is a very um, hard test. It's not impossible to pass, but it is very hard. Most people don't pass it their first time. I did. Hands up. Thank you. I passed it, um, but I I know I struggled. I took the the absolute amount of time allotted to take that exam because I wanted to make sure that I was going to pass that. I hate doing do overs. That's me personally. Uh, I want to be one one and done, one hit a quitter, and out of there. So I sat this exam. I studied for about a year. Uh, I missed my first window because I went on a trip. I went to Jamaica. I think it was my mom's. My mom was having a birthday party or something, like that. and I went to Jamaica as part of her um, her her yearly trip somewhere. And I missed my exam date. Uh, so the exam date actually comes with the curriculum. Like when you when you sign up um, as part of your package, uh, study guide. Um, modules, um, lectures and things of that nature, you get the exam paid for. Outside of the exam, if you fail this exam, you gotta pay a hundred dollars. So or if you miss the exam for any reason, there's a hundred dollars because it's a timed test situation. So I missed my window um not securing the date. So I ended up paying for this exam. Alright. So that gave me more <laughs> gumption to say, Well I gotta pass this thing because now I've paid for it twice. You know, I paid for it twice. I paid for it in the package and then I'm paying $100 to take this exam. So sat the exam, kind of went through it. Um, I'm a a pretty decent test taker a pretty good test taker. Uh, and it, like I said, it, it gives you, um, like 85 questions, uh, 20 of which are just general kind of general public questions, you know, things that you'll spot out very easily about populations and, and, and this type of stuff. But then, the nitty gritty of it is really what the chapters are about. I was lucky enough to uh, talk to someone that I um, that I know as a trainer that provided me with a study guide. And I, I was also a part of a, a group of people that was studying for this exam. So it it, it helped me tremendously by condensing the book into what I need to focus on, what charts I need to focus on, you know, because a lot of it is, 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 is the mechanical movements. It's, uh, you know, knowing about formulas, how to calculate heart rate, how to calculate, um, you know, BMI, things of that nature. So, you know, in learning the process, um, you have to be interested in what you're learning. All right. That's the number one thing. If you guys know anything about test taking, Or anything that you're studying If it's something that you're not into Let's say you're at work You have to learn a new process But you hate your job Or you hate what you do And then you're sitting there like Oh my god You know It's hard to digest this stuff Because I don't like it But when you're into something and And you're curious about it It makes it better for you to understand Okay wow Wow okay Now understand why you know, we do that, or oh, why a warm-up is essential before a workout, or oh, why a cool-down is more essential than the warm-up, you know, getting your body um, primed and fueled and all that kind of stuff, so, you know, if you're interested in this stuff, in science, uh, it is it is something that you can digest, if you're not, I'm telling you it's going to be a rough time, and you may want to go with a with a certification that is not so much more science-based because they're all science-based on some level, but some or more. And NASM is one of the, one of the top ones where you will be doing a lot of studying, um, about, uh, a lot of things scientific to the body. Um, and again, depending on how you study, that's up to you. If you're, if you're doing something with, um, I do Quizlet as one of my go-tos. I also do, um, Flashcards, uh, which is old school for me. And of course, reading. Uh I'll read a couple of chapters over and over again, but I'll I'll make notes or highlight books uh to kind of get that. So my, my studying is kind of how I did it as a little kid and I, I still kinda do that pattern. I took a Harvard reading course, um, speed reading course and actually I had my daughter do it too, thinking about it. And I can read like I can read a lot of stuff really quickly and digest just what I need to digest. OK, it is a very uh, if you're if you're looking for a course to do that, um, it's a very good course to take. It's uh, it's no taking and reading pretty quickly. Um, you know, sometimes some of these chapters might be, you know, 50, 60 pages and what they're going to test you on might only be like maybe five things from those 60 pages, which are randomly selected. Okay, so you definitely have to make sure that you are not just skimming the book, but you're understanding what you're reading and you're digesting what you're reading and you're going over and you're kind of using it. If you're if you already go to a gym, go to the gym and use yourself as a test subject as you're doing an exercise, a bicep curl, you know, know what prime movers are, know what the antagonist muscles are, know what synergist muscles are, know what stabilizers are. So it's kind of a it's kind of an ongoing thing. And again, use yourself if you're if you're currently a a gym person and you are looking to become a trainer things that you're already doing now you're going to understand why versus that oh i was just told to do this or some magazine had this as a workout now you're going to understand the philosophy and the science behind why they're making you do that that way or what what is the purpose of doing that okay so um NASM, for me, I hold their CPT, I also, I also hold their MMACS, and what the MMACS is, is a uh, mixed martial arts conditioning specialist, okay, so I, um, it's something that came out a few years ago, uh, it piqued my interest, because it was about fight science stuff, and then in taking it, I started to learn a lot about the training, um, and, and recovery techniques, and injuries that can um, crop up, basically. As you know, so I kind of sought that out. I thought it would be a cool one to have, and I didn't think I was going to use it a lot, but but it's become a very good moneymaker for me um, because a lot of people like to train in that in that regard. As I mentioned uh, on several episodes, a lot of people like to train like a fighter. It's a different type of training. It's very rigorous. It's very you know, it's very tough, but it's fun. It's the fun stuff. It's the sexy stuff. You know. It's, you're not just mindly lifting weights, mindlessly li- lifting weights, excuse me. You are, you know, using a lot of your dynamic movements. Um, a lot of muscles are being recruited to help you move in a certain way because being a fighter, you're stable, then unstable, then stable, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, in addition, I also hold their, um, PS, which is a performance enhancement specialist. And what that is, is that training athletes, um, and anything from uh, football to golf, I can train uh, functional movement patterns. I can I, I can train strength. I can train conditioning, um, aerobic capacity, things of that nature. Because again, each sport is a, is, a, is a different, but it has a base and a foundation that is almost similar with every sport. You know, golf uh, and football. You know, center of gravity is very important. You have to use center of gravity. So again, you. Definitely want to um, understand what certifications you want to hold uh, because you want to, you know, you you want to carve out who you can train, if you can train everybody or you want to just train a particular type of demographic, which might be just athletes or might be just seniors or whatever. So NASM has a lot of specializations that deal with uh, those specifics Um, but you can also get an array of them and kind of, you know, put them all to use. Um, everything to me is kind of interchangeable. So training someone who's, who's playing a sport like golf, uh, I can train them with the same velocity and speed that they would want for someone, you know, training their backhand in tennis, you know, because again, force is force. Okay. How much you use, how little you use, it's still force. Okay. So. I have the CES as well, which is the um, corrective exercise, um, which is a a fun one. So the PES and CES kind of I kind of tandemed because I wanted to uh, go through the um, the continuum of the injury cycle. So obviously, uh, as an athlete or as someone who's ultra active, active you're gonna have you know you're gonna have injuries, things even small ones. Uh, We hold a lot of bones in our wrists and. Um, our feet, also our nasal uh, passages. Um, So again, you know, injuries can occur even the slight, you know, in football, just, you know, coming off of a block and you get hit in the face, you know, you can break bones in your face, you know, or you can plant wrong um, in tennis and, you know, tear your ankle apart. So a lot of the, a lot of coming back from and injury prevention, corrective exercise deals with correcting certain imbalances before injury happens and also deals with, okay, injury happened. So what do we do now to rehab and come back? So a lot of trainers, um, usually have some kind of corrective exercise knowledge and you want to, if you are someone who deals with compensations or, you know, you have a a litany of injuries or you are just afraid of being injured, you want to seek out, when you seek out a trainer, ask, asking him or her, you know, what kind of corrective exercise background do they have, if they have any, because it is important. It, it is an important part of, um, you know, working out, you know, we all will, will deal with that. It's just how, you know, how will it impact us in the interim or, or in the long run? You know, what will happen to our bodies if we don't correct these things? So, so currently now I'm doing the YES, which is a youth enhancement specialist, uh, tra- just training young athletes, uh, you know, because they can't, You know, if a a kid's 11 years old playing basketball, um, I'm not going to have this kid deadlifting. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to have this kid, you know, doing, uh, you know, a lot of things, Olympic lifting, because their bodies can't handle that yet. But I can also, I can still train them and condition them. Uh, It just has to be a different way of going about it. Um, I'm doing a group exercise certification because I do group exercise now, but I, I, I kind of want to, you know, just kind of get that into the tool belt uh, for, for the resume, basically. And I'm doing a behavioral um, assessment and certification, which kind of deals with uh, I'm learning a lot about how exercise helps mood um, helps with a lot of other, you know, psychological things. But it also deals with how people um, view what they're doing. Um, if it's punishment or if it's pleasure, you know, a lot of people look at exercises like, Oh God, I have to go to the gym. This is going to suck. Or some people like me, I look forward to whether I'm upset or not to go to the gym because it's my time to release. It's, a, it's my time to get away from, you know, life's grips. Um, so yeah. Uh, in addition to that, um, I, I was supposed to do it, um, this summer, but, it, there's been some, some slowdown because of the pandemic. Uh, I want to become a master instructor, um, of CPR and rescue. And that is done through the Red Cross. Uh, it's a $300 course. Uh, it's roughly, I think it's 10 hours. Um, you get certified and how to teach CPR basically. Um, everyone, every trainer that you work with, whether in a big, big box gym or a boutique gym or independently, whether coming to your house or you're meeting them somewhere they're at their place uh you know they should be certified in CPR for basic first aid um in AED uh it is a it's a must that that your trainer knows how to rescue you if something happens god forbid so going back again, I don't, um, I'm thinking about a nutritional cert because, uh, it, the, the more and more that I engage with clientele now and different populations, uh, nutrition is always a point of contention. It, it, it is always brought up. And, you know, some people want th- the recommendations which they're fine with, but then some people really need that help. Um, and I usually outsource it to kind of keep, you know, b- keep business with another trainer, so to speak. But, Again, if I'm not comfortable dealing with that, I, I outsource it because everyone's relationship with food is different. Everyone's different. Um, I mentioned on the last episode that you should always write down what you're eating um, to kind of get an idea. Uh, or if you're cognizant of, if you can remember, like, you know, okay, I eat certain things on certain days because I feel like this because work is you know, on me or school is on me or... I'm in a bad marriage or whatever, whatever's going on, it affects you, how you eat. Some of us are mood eaters, stress eaters. Um, You know, you fall somewhere in that, in that category and you have to just determine where you fall with it. Okay. So, uh, so now you're certified. What do you do next to get clients to, to kind of get hit the ground running? Um, some of us just kind of go right to a big box gym, which is the goals, or the LA Fitnesses, or or even um, Planet Fitness, <laughs> they're they're a big box gym because they're corporate and they have multiple franchise locations. Um, so the good and the bad about big box gyms. Um, going in into a big box gym, uh, you are the new person on the block. You, you know, brand new trainer. You're kind of figuring it out. You come into a you know a, a a pretty much a society of trainers. At this particular location And you'll Kind of learn From the top dog To the The most uh, Lowest level person That they have At the the facility And with that being said Is that you know You align yourself With you know Okay well What do I want to do Do I want to be One of the top producers Do I want to be Middle of the road person, do I want to just do the bare minimum? Whatever you want to do, you're going to see that in a gym, in a gym setting. You're going to see the successful trainers, the creative trainers, the dedicated trainers, um, and the more client focused trainers from the people that just come in, kind of punch the ticket and, and leave. Um, you know, I've seen trainers do the same exact workout with every single client. I'm like, how is this helping this person if their goals are not even what the last person's goals were? It's just whatever. And then there's there's things where there's trainers that are very creative. I try to go that route. Um, I've learned from a couple of my um, contemporaries of making the workouts um, fun, exciting, new. Um, The person feels challenged, but they feel accomplished as well. You know what I'm saying? You don't want to break someone's will and then they don't come back to you. Uh, There are trainers that do that I remember Bally's I'm showing my age now Bally's back in the day If you guys know what Bally's was From Jersey Bally's Total Fitness Was a um, A a franchise uh, Gym Basically Uh, I don't know if they were around the country But I knew that there were a lot of them in New Jersey When I was a kid growing up And in Bally's All those trainers um, They Didn't look amazing I guess for, For their For their jobs But they had some pretty hard Challenging workouts And you either survived those workouts or you basically, you know, um, didn't and you never came back and you never looked at that. And it kind of gave training a bad name because everyone felt like when you go to a personal trainer, like you're going to just get beat down, like you're going to get destroyed. And that shouldn't be the case. Your trainer should be engaging enough where uh, during your intake when you sit down with this person to kind of describe to you, you know, what they're about what their philosophy is about and how they can help you or how they can't help you. Um, no one wants to hear how I cannot help you, but it is very is it's a very important part of the conversation for me to say to you, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, you know, this is what I can focus on for you and assist you with, but this unfortunately, I wouldn't be able to help you as much, you know, but we can work towards that. We can work together on that. Being fully transparent helps you later on. If, if you're six months in and the um, the results aren't exactly stellar or they're not, you know, where this person expected to be, you have to manage that expectation. You have to say, okay, you know, this is where we're going to tweak. So every six weeks or so, um, I always check in, uh, you know, we have a sit down and we check in with each other and say, hey, listen, so I've been giving you homework. We've been doing two or three times a week in the gym. And this is where we should be. If you're not here, then let's find out what factors are playing uh, in here. If you're not adhering to a sensible diet, if you're not, um, you know, doing certain things. Now, if you're doing, if you're eating fine, if you're working your load, um, then there may be something um, that you might need to go see someone else about. Meaning that, you know, I might have you go take a physical to make sure that you know your thyroid is okay, or whatever is going on, because science gives us the, the you know gives us the workload of what to put someone through. They have to actually complete that workload, but then in the other parts of it, they they have to be getting sleep. So rest and recovery is very important. They have to be you know getting minimal stress as they can. I know it's easier said than done, but then they also have to they also have to understand how. They are dealing with the workouts. If it's too easy, if it's too challenging, you know, can it be scaled? It should be able to be scaled because you're a trainer, you're a professional. And, you know, as I mentioned prior, if you come into a workout, you are seeing me three times a week and you come into the third day of our workout and you are beat to shit because life is beating you up or you're going through something. I'm going to scale that to say, okay, well, you know what, Richard, we're going to work today, but we're going to we're going to switch gears a little bit. And I'll make a notation of what we did It's easy It's easier to go back Because your programming is a diary Your program is a diary I usually give my All my clients uh, My gym clients I give them After they've completed their Entire whatever time with me, uh, it's never determined by me. If their goal is going to be to do something in a in a in a short space of time, then I know I have a timetable of eight weeks or ten weeks or whatever it is. After those ten weeks, I give them as a part of their parting gift. I give them their programming. I say, this is what you did over these ten weeks. It's all written out here for you. It's all done for you. The science is here you can actually plug and play now or you can take this and do whatever you want with it. If you don't want to, you know, do that and continue, that's fine. But some clients that I've I've had clients that I've I've had for years and I've had clients I've had for a couple of weeks because either they've realized that the goals that they've set weren't weren't ideal or realistic or their 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 ego couldn't get them past what they were doing. Because if you can't do a push-up, I'm not going to just throw you on a bench press. It just doesn't work like that, you know. You may you may spend a month just doing corrective exercises with a trainer, and it's not because they're 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 milking you for your money. Oh, these guys don't. It's no fun. No, it's not that because they've recognized something in how you move or how you how your body is working, where you can't just jump into certain exercises, or you have so much so many compensations and so many so many imbalances that it's impossible to do this yet. Okay. And they don't want to spoil your experience to say, well, to you, okay, well, we did this when you weren't ready. Now we can't go forward past this. We got to spend another eight weeks in uh, corrective exercise work. Okay. So, correctives um, to me are always put in because everyone um, that I can think of that I've ever worked with, worked for, uh, worked alongside, we've always noticed compensations in everybody's movement. Unless you're ten months old, eleven months old, and you're just learning how to walk, um, you're you, you have compensations. Um, there's a very small set of people in the population that can just they're hypermobile or they're they're super flexible and things of that nature. Now that doesn't mean that if you're if you can touch your toes and you know all of that or do a split, it doesn't make you the most physically fit person in the world. You know what I'm saying? I, We've seen NFL linemen do, um you know, a get up on the field off their back. You know, you talking about a 300 pound individual rocking himself up to his feet without his without using his hands. It's amazing. It's amazing. But that guy probably can't touch his toes or do a split. It's it's what it is, you know. So again, you know, not to harp it or, or beat this uh all of this is a process working out is a process it's it's not going in and freestyling and 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 making up you know things as you go along you know good trainers are able to scale and good trainers are are able to put together something on the fly um it's it's the reason that we do the intake with you because we want to make sure you can move a certain way before we put you through certain protocols now we always, what we call a unicorn we get a unicorn in um i had a guy that was a um Special Forces guy, young guy, man, I I threw everything I had in my arsenal at this guy. I would try to break his will. And, you know, some days I'm I'm getting close. I'm like, wow, you know, because, you know, he can can handle it. And then after we're done, I go to the locker room. I I come out for my next client. I see this guy doing box jumps, high box jumps. Uh, I see him doing a circuit. I'm like, what the hell? Like, am I losing my touch? Am I not? That good of a trainer What's going on But it's just that Some people are Built for that You know I had a guy recently um, Hit me up Through the website Looking To do some work Where he wants to meet Once a month For Training He's training for A military fitness test And he wants to become A Navy SEAL So I asked him In our Conversation On on email I asked him I said Well what are you doing now To get yourself ready Because in his um, Letter to me uh, his, sorry, his email to me, he basically stated that he's pre-diabetic and he has all these injuries and he's dealing with all of this kind of stuff. And uh, he has a mood disorder. And I'm like, so you want to train once a month, right? Once a month. And you're looking to do an, a, 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 a SEAL team test. If anyone's seen the Navy SEAL test, if you want to really challenge yourself, you can Google it or you can actually go buy a book in Barnes & Nobles. The Navy SEAL um, prep test is ridiculously Hard, some people can do it. I know trainers. I've seen trainers do it. I I know a guy that I work with that can do it. I can't do it. I know I can't do it. Um, it's 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 absolutely brutal. And I'm like you. You want to train once a month for that? That's insane. I trained. Um, I, I like doing um trainings for people that's going into the military because I have a, an affinity for people that that want to do that. So thank you for thank thank you for serving. If you are a military person and and you're listening, but I had someone um so i go down to a recruiter's office um this is you know before covid and i would ask for a list of people uh if they didn't mind that were getting ready for their tape or their fitness tests to go into the army navy marines air force and you know some people were very close to doing a lot of things some people were so far away where reality hit them it was like this No way I'm going to be able to do this every day for eight weeks. And I'm like, yeah, you can. You just have to get your body moving in that fashion. So it's another avenue um, in addition to if you're working in a big box gym to work out. If you're working outside the gym as well, doing some freelance work is to work with recruiters that are that's a steady flow of clients, guys. That's a steady flow of, of clientele because people are always going into the military. Especially if you if you live in an area in the Midwest, you're gonna have a lot of people uh, that you can relatively pull from in that regard. So, big box gyms versus boutique. So, big box gyms is um, the expectation is a lot more um, a lot more on you to produce because uh, you have to generate revenue for the club. So, you're gonna have to have to adhere to a schedule. And some of that schedule, when you're first starting, is is going to be brutal. To be honest with you, you may be in that gym from about five or six a.m. to about seven o'clock at night. You know, obviously you get breaks in between, but you're gonna you're gonna have to put that kind of time in to generate the business that you want to generate. You know, meet people, kind of get the flow, doing a lot of intake work, uh, doing health assessments and things of that nature is just part of what has to happen. Uh, a boutique gym, um, same kind of. Um, Category, as far as uh, getting those hours in, but the population in a in a boutique gym, um, it's not a it's not as much as uh, when you deal with the big box gym. You're gonna get you know clients, but it's it, it's just gonna be less people in those spaces because they're small, they're mom and pop, they're not well known. Now, if you're a phenomenal trainer, where to get out and people that come to you, you know where to get out that, Hey, this person is great. They're over at this place. And you know, you'll start seeing people come, come looking for your services. All right. So, um, those are the two pitfalls for big box and boutique. Now successes is that in the big box, if you're a people person, you have a magnetic personality and you can, you can really work it. Then people will gravitate towards you and you'll have more business that you can handle. Same thing for, a boutique. I've had success in both situations, uh, and failures in both situations starting out because my approach to it was, uh, from a salesy type of, and I'm like, no, you got to just be yourself. You have to, you know, show people what you can do. If you're working with clients, you know, for the most part, Work in an area that is high volume, so people can see you work. People can see what you're doing. People can, you know, come up and, and look and like, wow, you know, I see this trainer doing that. And that's one of the, the the number one things I had to learn was that you know I take my clients down to a, a back corner somewhere and kind of work with them and things of that nature. Now you're gonna have clients that are shy and who don't want to be on front street. You know that's fine, but if you if you manage that expectation That says, hey, we're gonna go out and and work on a, you know on turf today. And the turf may be an area where a lot of people can see you working, pushing a sled, pulling a sled, doing med ball slams, you know, stuff like that. It's great. It's great. You know, high visibility gives you a higher chance of of scoring a lot of clients. Okay. So when it comes to compensation, it varies. Okay. It varies. Think of when you go look for a job and you say to yourself, what do I want to make? You know, what is this job going to pay? Everyone has an expectation of what they want to pay and what they're worth, okay? So same thing for being a trainer. If you're freelancing, you have to pick a number that's conducive with how you're going to eat, how you're going to survive, how you're going to pay your rent, your car note, your insurance, food, uh, things of that nature. So everyone has a number that they want to charge. If you think that you're worth $50 an hour, go for it. If you think you're worth $80 an hour, go for it. If you think you're worth $12 an hour, go for that, okay? Okay. Um, I, I'm very, um, business minded and, uh, that's why you seek out certifications and you, you enhance your expertise because you want to be able to be charged. Um, I'm sorry. You want to charge an amount that, that necessarily won't be challenged, but you can firmly says, Hey, I'm $80, you know, an hour. The reason being is because of this, or you see me work and this is what, the um, results are on my clientele. Okay, referrals are a great way. You know, hey, I got a great trainer. You should come check them out. And normally, what I do if someone brings me someone, I do a referral where I'll I would lower that person's um, who brought me the referral. I'll lower some of their sessions and say, you know what, for the next month, you're going to be half, you know, half the price because you brought me a referral. If you bring me two more people, then, you know, I'll give you four training sessions a month for free, you know, to to reward them. Uh, the current place I work at, I'm billed out at $140 an hour. Yes, $140 an hour. Okay. And, all, well, we all are. And it is a very um, exciting position. It is a very um, uh, beautiful facility that I work in. And I tell people like you know we can train anywhere in this facility it's a sports complex you know it's we're not just confined to our gym area we can go anywhere in the facility we can go to the pool the rock wall the ice rink the basketball court the field the um the the football field the soccer field wherever we want to go we can go train and whatever you're doing so that's one of the the benefits of of having that kind of arena to work in now, again, if you are independent, if you are doing some freelance work, then you also have to have equipment as well. Or if your client has equipment, take inventory of who has what. So when you go to their place, if you're training them at their home gym or, or going to their gym, which is kind of weird because it's like I had a person ask me to come to their gym to train. I'm like, well, you have trainers there, right? It's like, yeah. But I'm like, how are you going to bring a trainer into a gym where there's trainers that are working as a profession? I don't want to ever take food out of anyone's mouth because I know that sucks, but I'm like, have you tried these trainers in here that there's a problem or is the price point not working for you? I'm just kind of curious as to why you would bring me into a situation where you have 10 trainers here and I'm an outside trainer. Because if I, if I'm a trainer that works in that facility, I'm looking at, well, why did you bring this person in here? Oh, do we suck that bad? So that's how that kind of goes when i when it comes down to it if you're asking me to come to your gym to work out chances are I'm probably not going to do that and it's just a respect for the profession and respect for my fellow trainers in arms that i'm not going to just come into someone's territory and 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 try to be big shit it's not going to work out so if you have a home gym yeah we can we you know we can do that or if you want to work out some parks or somewhere then i have equipment that we can work that we can work with okay so Kind of covered a few things, jumping around and, you know, trying to keep you guys from um, getting bored with what I'm saying. But I'm going to touch on one last point and I'm going to let you guys go. So we talked about becoming a personal trainer, you know, seeking out certifications or degrees. Uh, Degrees will be uh, kinesiology, um, biomechanics, things of that nature. Uh, You can go certifications if you go certifications i definitely tell you this um as a fact you have to kind of keep getting ceus okay for most things in uh, personal training it's to your benefit that you keep working at it you keep working at your craft you keep bettering yourself you keep your toolbox filled and you learn more and more and more and more um the worst thing you can be is a, a trainer who's outdated you're the guy that just have people come in and do, you know, a bench press for an hour and leave. No one, no one may want to work with that. And it's not that it's a bad thing for you, but it's like you have to understand that your clients are, are coming in. Some of them apprehensive, some of them excited, some of them. You know, wanting to do um, some amazing things, and they want to see what their bodies can do, or they might be amazed at what their bodies can do. And you're wasting your time and their time, giving them rudimentary workouts, giving them the same workouts. It Doesn't work like that. Challenge them, push them. You know, make them, you know, look at you like, wow, you are, you are a great trainer. You know, trainers have trainers. I have two amazing trainers, and I, I learn from them. They learn from me, and you know. Uh, You cannot think that you know everything because you don't. There's things that that, you know, that's out of your realm. And if you are a know-it-all, good for you. If you're not like everybody else, then good for us because we're going to keep, keep striving and keep learning and things of that nature. Okay. so um, I said all that to say this. You don't have to go out and get a ton of certifications, but get some that are going to be helpful to what you're going to do. Um, If you want to work with a certain set of um, people. Okay. So you basically want to be able to train anybody, but I know that is so, um, casting with a broad net that it may not work for everyone. So you want to say, well, I only want to work with this population of people. I only want to work with athletes who are injured, recovering from injuries. And that's fine because there's a niche for everything. There's a, there's a money, (laughs) a money bank for everything. You know, you just have to find out what. You're good at. If you're good at everything, then yeah, go for everything. If you're only good at rehab work, if you're only good at, um, you know, circuit training, group training, um, you know, group classes, then, you know, strive for that. But again, make yourself profitable, make yourself, you know, um, marketable, make yourself, you know, available to say, hey, you know what, I can train you. You know, there's several people that I can remember off the top where I've sat down with them, did an intake, great conversation. We, hit it off, you know, as people, but then my training philosophy and their capacity for work, it's not the same. It's, it's us saying to each other in a, in a session, I'm like, Hey, you know, that was great, but these things, I need you to push harder or that person may tell me, Hey, that was, that workout was fantastic. I just didn't like doing these things, which is fine because again, I am a big proponent of what don't you like to do? So that I don't waste my time programming things that you won't, you won't do, can't do, or don't like to do. I want to make, I want to make it fun for you. I want you to say, well, if I want to spend X amount of dollars with you, I want it to be worth it. I want, I want you to, you know, make this part of like I need to be able to pay for this. You know, what I'm saying we all want to buy things. I, you know, I want to buy a certain type of car. I want to live in a certain type of neighborhood. You know, we save and we strive and we push to do that. When it comes to our health, it should be the same way. You know, if you're looking to train for a, a athletic event, you know, you're not going to just go get a trainer who's going to just show you rudimentary things. You want a trainer that's going to help, you know, open things for you so that you can ex- uh, achieve those that maximum success. You know, so um, when you're going out to do this, have your heart in it, have a business mind, business sense, because it is business After all, you know, we're uh, what we used to say in in property management that it was customer service, that it's not property management, it's customer service. And being a personal trainer is business. You are a business. You are an entity. You are a walking billboard. So, you know, we all sometimes get out of shape a little bit or we, you know, we don't, you know, get on it because, again, people want to come to you and be like, well, I want to look like you or look something like you or I want to not look like this, <laughs> you know, and it, it is it is something that, again, you know, if you're going to practice something and preach it, then you, you definitely need to be doing that. OK, so thank you, Susan Emanuel. I hope that today's talk was was good. Um, if you have any questions, obviously, after every episode, I will always ask for questions. You can you know email me at Cleveland.Wason at Gmail.com or you can call me at 703-307-9188. 703-307-9188 I'm trying to line up a couple of different guests for these these talks about training um and also um whether you're a trainer or if you're just someone who wants to work out to kind of share your experiences with people because again um experience is the best teacher and we don't know it all thank you and have a great day